baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. You remember the rant line? <laughs> we we tried to start it an hour ago. Let's let's get a little more ranting going. I think we've got the governor here. This one, yeah. It, it depresses me so no. much about this country right now. That's not the governor. We have an education system in this country. They're destroying our children. Yeah, that's true. They're making pronouns, and they're making things like. Oh, you might be a male or a female. It's wrong. You are born with the sex. And why we overemphasize this thing about that is crazy. The most important thing in this life is you respect your country. Mm-hmm. You live in this country. Mm-hmm. You do the best you can. And I don't care about that. Nobody does. But why they overemphasize this? in our communities. And why are they teaching our kids this sex gender thing? And why are they not promoting education like math, science, and all the rest? That's what it's really about. We're losing in the world because our kids are stupid. And they're too emphasized on gender. Yeah. Anybody dispute that? 860-522-9842. It's the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. Wait a sec. It's Tuesday. And we've got more rants to play, so let's do it. Pruitt. Huh? Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. It's me, Ned Lamont, the governor of the wonderful state of Connecticut. And don't forget, folks, now's going to be your chance to come up and uh, step right up and vote for me and Susan Feistowitz. it's however you say your <laughs> last name there. And uh, don't forget, uh, you know, you, you get the same old, same old with us. Yeah, we're going to have a good time in the next four years if we get elected. And uh, don't forget Susan Beiswick. Yeah, she's got a lot of experience. She wanted to be the attorney general, but she didn't have enough court time. So she had to <laughs> sell for something else. Yep. Let's not say she's a career politician, but <laughs> we have a little joke around the office there. Anyways, this message was approved by me. Oh, you got to love the governor. He's such a lovable character, isn't he? Delightful. Todd, yesterday, Kevin Kelly, a sometime guest on your show and the Republican leader in the state Senate, was on the television show The Real Story. 
Oh, this is Leibowitz from one year ago. Blast from the past. He was touting his support in the passage of a bill that would make racism a public health crisis. Can you believe I gotta it? i tell you, it's a little disheartening that one of the leaders of the party that's supposed to be for small government. Beyond disheartening, it's grotesque that any Democrats, uh, any Republicans voted for that thing. He's supporting something that clearly, at least to me, the government has no business doing. Anyway, I thought I'd let you know, and your audience. Have a good night. Take care. Yeah, of course they. Uh, the government is supposed to provide equal treatment under the law. Hello, Todd John here. Hello, John. To my rant on uh, Monday. I have nothing, absolutely nothing, in common with Chris Murphy. Well, of course not. The Second Amendment is very clear. Yes, it is. The Democrats caused the problems. And then they always have effects. No doubt. I have nothing to do with any Democrats. Do not compare me with Murphy. No, wait a second. I was not comparing you to Murphy. I don't recall what I said that might have upset you, John. But um, I know I wouldn't be comparing you with Murphy in any literal way. I think you Except maybe the, the Murphy, you know, the Murphy from nine years ago who spoke uh, like he believed in in the rule of law and the Constitution and the Second Amendment. Um, no gun law in the world is going to stop somebody from picking up a firearm and doing something dumb with it. And so, like, at some, like, at some level, I had a lot of my friends in Congress who think you can solve all this stuff with gun laws. You cannot. He was very straightforward on what he believed in back in the old days. It's a little different now, John. I thank you very much for your time, sir. But maybe my rant wasn't uh, clear enough. That could be. Anything can be used as a weapon. Mm -hmm. A brick, a rock, a hatchet, a car, a truck, a vehicle, anything. And the list goes on. A machete. And the list goes on and on and on and on. Never, ever compare this old man <laughs> to a Chris Murphy. John! Rant out. Forget about it. Rant out. I love that. Where did that come from? That's awesome. 860-522-9842. Hi, WTIC. You're on the air. Who's this? Hey, the boss answered the phone. Well, I had to get you on the air, Mike. I'll tell you what, I've never seen anything like it. Yesterday was D-Day. It's a very special day. My middle name is Edward, uh, named after my 18-year-old uncle that was killed three days after the Normandy invasion, but Biden didn't even mention it. He made one small mention last night at 8.30 mm -hmm. about it. That's disgusting. Wow. I, what was? Uh, what's this all about, do you think? He's despicable. Just like all the other politicians we have in office, it's gotten progressively worse over the last 30, three or four decades. Well, that's true. It has. They have no respect for veterans. You know, you, when you meet a veteran, you should shake their hand and buy him something, not just say thank you for your service. That's not nearly enough. What, what should you buy them? Whatever they want. Buy them a beer. Buy them a, buy them a, uh, a cheeseburger, a large order of fries from Five Guys, anything. Wow, that sounds like a good idea. I like it. Any gift, any gift, a uh, uh, token of appreciation. I, mm -hmm. uh, 
And today is what? National uh, Homeowners Day? They have a day for everybody, you know? But yesterday was D-Day, and they barely mentioned it. Yeah, too much. Uh, we've, we just hey. moved on, you know? Like, people don't think about those sacrifices anymore. If you ask, I would say, five or six young people on the street yesterday, mm-hmm. what is today's date, the significance? I bet you not even half would even you know, answer the question uh, accurately. What, well, even if you were specific about what day it was, I don't think that would yeah, help. Yeah, June 6, 1944. I don't think it would help to mention any of that. All right, Mike, anything else you want to say about it? No, it's just the uh, uh, disregard that uh, our government, our politicians have for veterans overall. Well, they're just they're responding to the population. So I, I think what we need to do is uh, remind people, which you have done. Thank you. Thank you for that, Mike. 860-522-9842. Hello. Just to make a comment on the gentleman uh, who just called about just getting another job. I'm a mailman. Oh, this was yesterday. Yesterday we got a call from somebody who was really upset about the idea that anybody would be complaining about inflation and not being able to make ends meet. And his point was just get another job. There's jobs galore. They can't find people to work. Nobody wants to work anymore. Just get another job if you can't make ends meet. And this is a little rebuttal to that. Hello. Just to make a comment on the gentleman uh, who just called about just getting another job. I'm a mailman here in the state of Connecticut for 20-plus years. We're working 50 to 55 hours a week. Only so much you could do, but every day, and we walk. So you're talking 10, 12 miles a day. How much more could we do? Wait, you're a mailman. You work for the the basically the federal government, and you're working fifty five hours a week. And you're unionized. What what's going on with your union? Can I hear, please, from some mailman? Can you explain? If first of all, confirm if that is true, and why that would be the case that unionized federal workers are putting in fifty five hours a week. I don't get it. I'm responding to a call that's on here on Monday about the prices of everything and saying to just shut up about it and get another job. If you're working 60 hours a week almost already and you're having trouble surviving when you weren't before, something's wrong. And it's not my work ethic. I think that guy's way out of left field. Obviously, he has enough money to survive already. He doesn't need any more. I mean, does he got young kids? Does he have anything that he has to worry about personally in his life right now? Or is he responsibility-free? Because I'll tell you, that changes your whole perspective. It is a uh, it is a, an unusual moment. In, I think even before the current inflation and the hyper-wasteful uh, spending from, from government, that has created this inflationary atmosphere where they just keep printing money. They've been printing money for years. And essentially the printing of money, it's been going on since the crash in 08. And 
it's based in political cowardice. They just want to make us happy. And the way they make us happy, the place it's gotten to now, is by denial of reality. There is no reality that we should have to face. And there is no reality that government should have to have to face. It should just get to keep squandering money, whether it exists or not. And when they run out of money, they just borrow it. Or they just print it, which is borrowing it from us, essentially, in real time. They're taking the money out of our pockets and stripping the, our, our power to buy things out of the economy. It's a terrible thing. 860-522-9842. Okay, maybe we've got a... Is this Pete the mailman? No, this is Pete from East Hartford. Oh, hello, Pete. Hey, buddy. Hey, you know, I was just up, up in Meriden in an Ocean State job lot, mm -hmm. and I was just kind of curious. It's not my regular store, and I was just noticing nothing's marked. I'm picking stuff up. Nothing's marked. I mean, you know, I know there's some stores like Walmart that get away with that murder, but anyhow, nothing's marked. And I asked an employee, and she said, um, prices are going up every couple, two or three days. So they're, told, so they're not marking anything. Because it moves too fast. It, that's, that's like craziness. I've never seen anything like this. I've so, never so, heard that before. That's wild. So don't mark it because you're going to get a price change in in two or three days, and then but, you know, another price change. Aren't they required by law to have a price tag on it? Um, well, they're supposed to have by law. They're supposed to. It's supposed to be tagged like with a unit price or whatever. They're they're getting away with murder these retailers now because they don't have to um, market and they, and they get away with putting scanners in their stores. So meanwhile, you know, I've been in WalMarts where I pick up twenty seven items mm -hmm. and I have to bring it to a scanner to find <laughs> out what I'm going to pay. Yeah. Well, that's you know, too bad. It, hey, another thing, too. I mean, that, that was just kind of interesting, um, uh, interesting comment from, uh, you know, an actual manager type of person mm -hmm. in that store in Meriden. But um, on my way back, I'm heading toward Weathersville, and I'm noticing gas, 507. What's going on? Regular. That's for regular. Yeah. Yeah. What, what's going on is inflation, baby. Thank you, Dr. Biden. Yeah, well, if you spend trillions of dollars that don't exist, uh, the money's got to come from somewhere. So it comes. Well, you, you give it away, and the, and the dollar's worth nothing. Exactly. They hey, have, have to de They have, have to devalue day. the dollar to pull that right, scheme Absolutely. Up. Have a good yes. day, buddy. Nice to hear from you, Pete. Thank you. 860-522-9842. That's just how it works, isn't it? Simple. Hey, Todd. I'm calling from Sunnyton. This this message is to, for all these stupid Democrats, Lamont, Blumenthal, Murphy, Larson, DeLauro, everybody has a union. State work have a union. The teachers have a union. Everybody else have a union. And our, our gun-holder people, we also have a union, and it's called NRA, you stupid Democrats. <laughs> <laughs> Joey, did you understand where he said he was from at the beginning? Did you hear that? Listen, listen. I can't figure out where he's from. Hey, Todd, I'm calling from uh, Sallington. From Sallington? Oh, Southington. <laughs> 
Okay, thank you. We I had that you... debate actually last Friday when Brian in the morning show, we were out in Sullington. Because it's spelled South Inkton, but no one says Southington. Yeah. Sullington. Like there's a magical L that appears. It's one of those fun Connecticut cities that we just make up as we go along. Wait, other people call it Sullington? Is that it's it's Sullington. Like I don't know anyone who says Southington. Yes, but they it's Southington, like S U T H. Yeah, it? but Southington, like there's there's like a hint of an L in there. It seems. Okay, maybe there's a little speech impediment that comes. Yeah, along it's like with no it. one calls it Southington. No, it's but like Meriden, not Meridian. That would be strange. The Queen might call it Southington. Yes. Yes. We have weird. Yeah, every state has their own weird town names. That's true, and, but Connecticut, I think, has more than usual. Well, right? We have to be number one in something, I guess. Well, actually, it's unfortunate how many things Connecticut is number one <laughs> when it comes to cost of living, anyway. Yeah. Hey, Todd, I got a message to all of those woke liberals that are traveling abroad this summer, heading to Europe. You know, the woke individuals mm-hmm. heading to Europe. Do us all a favor. Stay there. Don't come back. <laughs> I love the uh, the European prejudice. That's great. Connecticut's local news leader, WTIC News Talk 1080. Well, here we are together again. Let's talk to Ellen in uh, New Britain about Sullington. Hello, Ellen. <laughs> it is not Sullington. I never heard okay. that before. But Joe, no, no, you no, think no. Joey's Here's making that up? I'm calling the gentleman. The gentleman, I believe, mm-hmm. I could be mistaken, but I believe that the gentleman has an accent. Well, yeah, I, I think he, he clearly has an accent. I suspect that it's Italian. Yeah. There are many, many Italians in Southington. Okay. And that that way of pronouncing it can sound like an L, but it's it's something that has to do with the fact that the TH sound doesn't exist in Italian. Oh really? Yeah. I I didn't know there was anything that uh, that they were deprived of in Italy, but apparently there is a sound they don't have. Let's see if we can hear that again. Hey, Todd, I'm coming from uh, Southington. Oh, I. You know what? I actually heard a kind of a th. I'm there. a caller. I'm a caller from right. Yeah. It's it's yeah. It's I I would be very surprised if he wasn't Italian. Okay, and where and are you from, Ellen? Like L. I'm from Massachusetts. No, no. Where are you calling from, though? New Britain. Ah, I just wanted to see if you dropped the t the right way. But you you only <laughs> do it halfway. You don't go New Britain. No, 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 no. I don't know too many people in New Britain who do that. Really? No, no. I think that's an old thing. I mean, I hear people do it sometimes, but not not much, really. So the people who say New Britain are not from New Britain? No, I think they are, because um, I'm not from New Britain. Right. But... Uh, but I think I think it's old. I think it's an old thing, and mm-hmm. I don't know where quite it came from. But um, hey, but where do any of these things come from? Yeah, I, well, you know, I think that a lot of it um, evolves from from first languages, and then you live in a household where a different language is spoken than English, and then you learn English, but you pick up 
pronunciation oh, things. Okay. I think that must be how how it's it like evolved. Sullington. I don't hear people. Pardon me. It's like Sullington. Yeah, yeah. It really isn't an L. There are a lot of <laughs> languages where where the T H sound is not pronounced. Yeah. See, you see that with with a lot of Irish pronunciation too, where it's pronounced like a D instead of a T H. All right. Thank you for the clarification, Ellen, and for being so patient with your fellow man. <laughs> All right. Take care. Good to talk with you. Doesn't she sound happy? Ellen sounds happy. We don't get that many people who sound happy. <laughs> that was delightful. Thank you, Ellen, for the call. All right. 860-522-9842, the rant line number, 860-751-4698. We'd love to get your rants for tomorrow's show. And in just a momento, we'll be talking with Tom Scott, the great Tom Scott political activist and former state senator and all-around delightful guy. But first, Mark Christopher beckons from the glorious environments of the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center. Hello there, Mark. I was trying for something really lofty, but I couldn't quite pull it off. That's okay. You know, you're not going to hit it out of the park every time up at the play. You know, even the best hitters are only successful three out of ten times. So, Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast baseball is in full swing nba playoffs are heating up and your nfl team is gearing up for training camp listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the odyssey app the biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives. Streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. WTIC. I love Tuesdays because that's the day Tom Scott is here. Hello there, Thomas. How you doing today, Todd? Nice to have you along once again. Are you riled up about anything this week? You know, I, I'm well. Listen, I'm always riled up to some extent on something or another. But I, I actually, as I was sitting here contemplating what I wanted to talk about, since it's such an opportunity 
with a 50,000-watt legacy radio station that talked to tens of thousands of people all at one time. How do you make the most impact? And I thought, well, I'm going to take this opportunity to applaud someone who is rapidly emerging, at least in some quarters, as an American hero. And he may or may not be a name that's known to your audience, but his name is Peter Navarro. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've been paying attention to what this guy is going through. A little bit. Responding to things. Well, Peter Navarro is, is kind of an interesting fellow. He's a professor, um, uh, a businessman, someone who had uh, President Trump's confidence. And Trump brought him into the White House as an assistant to the president. Uh, and he was in charge of the defense Production Act during COVID, Director of Trade. You may remember him as the guy who was occasionally feuding with Dr. Fauci yes. uh, during the COVID thing, but a can-do guy, okay? When, when Trump said, we don't have enough ventilators in this country and people were dying in ICU wards because they couldn't breathe, Navarro was put in charge of the Defense Production Act to get private in- industry, including Ford, Uh, to make as many of these as we needed to save American lives, but also to have a surplus so we could ship them around the world and help our friends around the world. And this is why he was in the White House, just a can-do guy. He was subpoenaed by this this show trial Stalinist January 6th unconstitutional bogus uh, uh, congressional committee, which he has nothing to do with any of this stuff, and he defied the subpoena. And he sued the committee, which is normally the route you go when you want to invoke executive privilege to Mm -hmm. say, hey, only President Trump can give me permission to testify. I worked for him in the executive. And what did they do? And this this is the alarming part. And you got to wonder, where are these folks on the left? Where is the American Civil, Civil Liberties Union? That's a rhetorical question. This guy was fully cooperating with the Justice Department, filed a legitimate lawsuit to say, I don't need to testify. Congress found him in contempt of a contemptible institution, Congress, and they sent the FBI to grab him very ceremoniously or unceremoniously while he was boarding a plane in Tennessee, and they threw the guy in leg irons and handcuffs. He's in his 70s. He's not a threat to anybody. This guy got worse treatment than the drug cartels who were poor pushing fentanyl over the border down in Arizona and and Texas. And he's defiant. He's fighting back. He's going full out, uh, Todd. Uh, And again, his name is Peter Navarro. And that's a name that I hope your audience gets to know. Read all about him. He's a great guy. He's standing up to these people. And I'll just read you this last quote and I'll stop my rant. He said that what's going on is the sort of thing we used to see in Stalin's Russia and the Chinese Communist Party, and good for him. Well, is it your analysis of where we're at today, Tom Scott, that that there is no line anymore between appropriate policy action, appropriate government action, and politics, that those have all merged into a single thing? Well, well, they have, but, but, but Todd, at the risk of sounding partisan, it is almost uniformly on the left, okay? Trump's Justice Department didn't treat private citizens this way, ever. And, and the lapdog media uh, from the so-called mainstream media, whether it's the New York Times or the Washington Post, they're not only not getting to the bottom of this and saying, why are we administering justice, and I say that in quotes, 
uh, for a guy like this when we don't do it to other people who mm -hmm. are obviously dangerous criminals. And, and they've now weaponized the Justice Department in a way that is very, very dangerous. And it's not something we want to get accustomed to as a society. You know, the, the, the people in Silicon Valley at the Ministry of Truth are applauding this stuff or covering up the facts. Many in the media are not only questioning the, the government overreach and abuse of power in this case. And again, this isn't the only case, Todd. That's why I'm so alarmed about this and, and, and on this rant. We've seen this many, many times now with the, with the Biden Justice Department, where they use the power of government, the police power of government, to harass and viciously attack and disrupt the private lives of private citizens over, over public policy disagreements. And that's what this is. And let a court decide whether or not that bogus committee in Washington is constitutional and whether or not the subpoena is constitutional. This is not up to the, to the armed Justice Department to throw this guy into, into leg irons. It's interesting how the, uh, you know, we got warned about this kind of behavior back when Bill Barr was running the Justice Department during the Trump years. And what you're saying is we got warned about it by the left, but really what the left was doing was creating a cover story apparently for their own future behavior when they got the chance well that's exactly right when they speak run in the opposite direction or do the opposite thing because what they're saying is the opposite of what the reality is and i can cite you a million examples but let's just focus on hunter biden for a minute who who committed a an imprisonment offense when he lied on a gun application when he said he was not a drug addict and everybody knew he was and, and yet the Justice Department looked the other way. And I can give you 10 examples of crimes that guy committed, and nobody's indicting him, let alone throwing him in leg irons. And, and this is the kind of double standard that's very, very dangerous. And I would say to my friends on the right, when we take back the Congress, when we elect a Republican president again someday, when we have an attorney general uh, someday, we should not retaliate against the left and do this to the left as they are doing it to us because it's very dangerous for our country. It is more than a slippery slope. We're beyond that now. We have a, a tolerance uh, in the media for this kind of abuse of power that wouldn't have been tolerated a mere 10 years ago, let alone 20 or 30 years ago. So it's important for conservatives or Republicans when they get power to model good behavior, not to not to go fist to fist with equal measures. Dial it back. Defund these people. Defund. You know, the Justice Department does way too much. It's the fourth estate. OK, it's the fourth branch of government. We have all these faceless, abusive, unaccountable bureaucrats, even now in the Justice Department, even now in the head of the FBI, not the rank and file men and women in the FBI, but look at Clapper, look at Brennan, look at all these people who abuse their position mm -hmm. and use the police powers of the government to harass their political opponents. It is a very, very dangerous thing, and we don't want it to become commonplace. You know, there was a, you know, I'm old enough to remember when the left, you know, had all their slogans and their bumper stickers that said, question authority. Everybody should question authority. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your walk of life is. I don't care what your position in life is. The only way you keep the government in check is to question the government. 
But if you question the government, as Peter Navarro did with a legitimate lawsuit, you get thrown in leg irons. And that's happening all too often now in our society. And people need to wake up because this is a very, very dangerous trend. That whole missing question of authority, what, what did they do with all those bumper stickers? <laughs> well, they, they, they've become, they, they got jobs in the government, and they got rid of their bumper stickers. They didn't because they're now the authority. They don't need to question authority. They'd be questioning themselves. But, but if there's anything we can look back on with Democrats and say, you were right, they were right back in the 60s when they said question authority. And, and you don't get to just throw that idea away because you've got the authority. Authority is always dangerous. Centralized power is a dangerous thing. All power is an invitation to abuse. And we've all got to be careful about the instinct to look the other way when we like the people who have power. Well, listen, Todd, you're right. And, I, and, and some in your audience might cringe when I say this. But when I was a state senator, I actually stood shoulder to shoulder with the American Civil Liberties Union on several occasions when they were right, when we had a common uh, uh, a, a common cause. Mm -hmm. And the problem with the ACLU now is they've just become a bunch of fundraising, paper-pushing uh, uh, nonprofit organizations to pay their fat salaries. They're not defending free speech in this country. They're not defending freedom in this country. They're not defending people against government overreach. And, and this is the problem. Uh, the, 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 the people who ought to be, because see, there, there is commonality on this stuff, and there used to be commonality on this stuff. You know, the old saying that, that American foreign policy disagreements ended at the American shore, that we didn't criticize our government on foreign soil, for example, uh, uh, and, and things like that. Same thing with this. There was commonality when it came to the First Amendment and free speech. That is something that people on all sides of the political spectrum ought to be embracing and protecting. We're talking to Tom Scott. But, Tom, I feel like everybody's afraid now that, in fact, yeah. the power structure of government, those things that are supposed to provide equal treatment under the law, it doesn't operate that way anymore. And people are now scared to not fall Absolutely. into line. So when we look at all these companies now, for example, that are that appear to be left-wing companies, I don't think they're left-wing companies. I think they're seeing where the malicious power is and they're protecting themselves proactively. Uh, they're, they're paying they're paying the ransom. Yes. You know, all these all these, you know these companies aren't as woke as they would want you to believe, but all these people in their, their three-piece pinstripe suits sitting up in the 30th floor of the, the, the corporate suite, you know, paying off Black Lives Matter. How did that work out for you, by the way, with their $6 million mansions, right? They, they're just paying the ransom. And, and they're, they're, all these shakedown artists that, uh, that threaten them, well, if you don't do this, we're going to go after you or whatever, they just pay them off. And that's also a dangerous thing, but it's private business. If they want to do it, you know, we can criticize it, but, but no government sanction should ever be invoked by either side of this political debate. But back to Navarro for a minute, because to, 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 to your point about people being afraid to speak out, let me, I will read one more quote from Peter Navarro. Repeated abuses by partisans and political score settlers like those on the committee have institutionalized the partisan weaponization of Congress, investigatory powers that now threatens the delicate balance and separation of powers between the legislative, judicial and executive branches of government. Navarro put that in his court filing when he sued 
saying that this illegitimate committee had no business issuing a subpoena. That's a civil matter, not a criminal matter. Yet, yet he wound up in solitary confinement. Can you believe that? Again, That's amazing. People to know how this guy was treated for 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 no crime, but simply by questioning uh, uh, those those those. Um, uh, uh, whatchamacallits, those uh, members of that committee and the... Uh, authority. He's questioning a, authority. He read the bumper stickers, Tom. He did, but I'm trying to think of a specific name for, for Liz Cheney and those sellout Republicans. Those oh, the January 6th committee, yeah. Yeah, and and, and it's it's just so illegitimate. That committee actually hired a, a produ- an ABC producer Isn't to that produce amazing? their public hearing. This is yeah. all, this is a show trial, just like Stalin's Russia. The show trial trial being directed by the mainstream media, which is supposed to be journalistic in its standards. Where are the left? Where are these old lefties who used to oppose this stuff? It's time Mm -hmm. to stand up. And your point, Todd, about people being afraid, it's all the more reason to stand up for your country, stand up for yourself and for heaven's sake, stand up for your children. Not bad, Tom Scott, for somebody who was trying to think about what he wanted to talk about while he was on hold. Just occurred to me. <laughs> Thank you so much, sir. We'll talk to you again next week. Anytime. You bet. Tom Scott, former state senator and advisor to political people and a smart, smart guy. And our pleasure to have him here each week. All star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.